0: Welcome to On Farm, it's Anna back with you again this week, and at the moment spring is very much in the air, and one of my favourite things about spring, apart from the Easter eggs, is flowers, I just loved seeing the daffodils and the tulips and the crocuses all come through the ground and see the colour that they exhibit, it's just amazing. So, we thought it would be quite a good opportunity this week to bring you a podcast that's all about flowers. So, I am speaking to Barbara from Corrimoney Farm, who specialises in growing Scottish flowers and then sells them to florists, wholesalers, and to the general public through an online subscription service. So, I was at home on Zoom when I spoke to Barbara, but she took a microphone and went outside into her polytunnels and indeed into the garden. So you might hear some background tractor noises and uh, uh, the typical noises that you might hear on a flower farm. So I hope you enjoy. Just sit back uh, and relax and listen and hear Barbara's wonderful story.
1: I've come out of the polytunnel and I'm in what is the outside part of the flower patch which is essentially a part of my garden. So that's over there and then we're kind of looking out, at, I lo- we look down Glen Urquhart, over to, behind us, over the back, it goes down into Glenafric, it's, it's really lovely, like we've got lovely, lovely scenery, especially when you're up at Bunty actually, because it looks it looks right down the Glen and right kind of up over Glenafric, so it's really stunning. So I'm Barbara. I farm about 25 miles west of Inverness with my husband David. Where we have three children, so um, I spend a lot of my time between flower farming, actual farming and looking after the children. We have diversified the farm in the last five years to grow pumpkins and sunflowers, so we have events twice a year. Uh, the most recent diversification has been the wild acre which is our flower farming enterprise which is mostly me but is is growing
0: (laughs) brilliant and that that's mostly what i would love to talk to you about today if that's okay for a few reasons um one of which is that i I'm obsessed with flowers, I love them. Um, I try and grow them, not nearly as successfully as you, but I love to have a vase full in the kitchen and and but also i 'm always fascinated to hear stories of people who are who have diversified what might have once been a traditional farm into something a bit different um and i 'm also like many people completely. Um, passionate about all things scottish so um, i'd far rather be eating scottish strawberries and scottish potatoes than those coming from overseas and i think the same applies to flowers um i'd much rather have scottish flowers in my bars and and that's kind of i suppose one of the reasons why you started would would that be right because the the kind of the need and the demand for scottish flowers i guess we probably
1: started at both good and bad times we needed to raise money for or we wanted to raise money for a charity in Glasgow one of our children were sick and he stayed in a hospital for a while and, and we stayed in accommodation down there and because of that and um, we just we came home we decided we had, had three well two very young children at the time hadn't had the third yet at that point I was probably considering giving up my job uh, formerly a teacher and it was a bit. It was a bit in, a, in a bit of a quandary because when Angus was ill I was actually working at the time, and uh, there was a few days at the start of that illness where um, I actually w- I went to work because it was easier for David to take the time mm, off than it was for course, me. Yeah. And I suppose that guilt that guilt guilt still runs a bit deep. But um, over that, the course of his illness, that you know, there was a lot of thought went on about giving up work. Do I really need to be working? And uh, could we work it so that I was just at home, uh, which is the traditional way, I suppose, in farming, but we're not that traditional uh, here and. Uh, even David's parents weren't that traditional, so um, it was kind of a, a bit of a big step. But um, anyway, there was a bit of thought about growing other things, and flowers was the one thing that, like you, I absolutely love them. And I, I mean, I, I don't know who does yeah, well, <laughs> um, it Yeah, Yeah, and then once I started growing more and more, I, the first year I grew them just to sort of give away as, as gifts for friends. You know, when you go visiting someone, and, and more so, the older I get, the more I feel, you know, it actually. Maybe because I am sometimes can be disorganised and you go to visit a friend and on the way there you say, oh, I'm going to have to factor in stopping by yes. a shop to get them something yes. to take, to say thank you for having me or whatever. And now, it, well, that first year was amazing because I just went out to the garden, cut some flowers, took them and um, they were well received. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, and then, so here we are. We're f- four, three seasons down the road and um, we're just kind of developing as we go. It started off quite small. We, um, and we did have a polytunnel, before the flowers kicked off but I never grew anything in it and the uh, the cover actually came off it and at that time this was kind of pre I think that was pre-pumpkins and I said I'm not even really sure we want to keep that I think we might just get rid of it but it was a tunnel that had been there for quite a number of years and decades probably. And, you know, it's one of those things you don't really want to be the one that rips it down. Yes. <laughs> so we bought a new sheet and we put it on and, it, and then when we, when we recovered it, it was an absolutely ideal place for the children to play in during winter. <laughs> so all the garden toys went in there and they I'm sure that my friends cursed me actually when they came to visit because all the children would go out and they would play in the mud. <laughs> and uh, it was great. It was, they loved it we had a little polytunnel but we've reinstated that now for growing and then we now have a bigger polytunnel um and it's uh, it's still a small polytunnel in ter- in relation to commercial growing um, but it's it's definitely bigger bigger than what we had and um that enables me to g- extend the growing season a bit um, particularly the start of the season and then the the back end of the season in November we were still ha- we still had quite a lot of flowers going um, where all the other ones outside had, yeah, had of course, started to course, die off yeah. so
0: I think you're in one of the polytunnels at the moment, speaking to me, aren't you? Um, Can you describe for us a little bit what what it looks like now? Because as you said, at first it didn't have a sheet on it, well years ago it grew vegetables, then it didn't have a sheet on it, then it was full of toy tractors and kids toys. What does it look like now?
1: So the one I'm standing at the moment is actually the new one that we only put up in what did we put it up in two years ago it's been here for two years now it, so at the moment it's looking very tidy we've been working very hard this winter to um, get all the winter jobs done you, you come into the tunnel at the top and either side we have workbenches for potting and propagators for um growing from seed because we grow almost everything from seed wow. um so they, we've got some propagators, which means I can sow things at this time of year without. I don't have to use the house. Is the answer actually because I have for years used the windowsills and yeah. uh, things. It, it annoys the other <laughs> occupants of my house more than it annoys me, <laughs> um, which is ironic given that it's me that does the cleaning. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So now I'm able to grow everything in the in the greenhouse the, between the greenhouse and the polytunnel, and then down the polytunnel we've got. Um, this year we made an effort to whip up three quarters of the bed covers because it's just directly into the ground here. We did have raised beds in here for the first year but we found um, that they, oh, there was a lot of problems with them um, and they just really weren't the most efficient way of growing because they looked lovely but they, well, they looked lovely when um, they were freshly planted and not very weedy but then once the weeds started coming up, even to use we still use um, membrane to keep the weeds Oh yes, suppressed yeah. but before, they still, it still gets through it so um, yeah, it just wasn't the most efficient way of growing. So we whipped them out last year and we now have um, three or five beds going right the way down the polytunnel with kind of narrow alleyways and um, four out of the five beds are currently covered because we redunged them this year with um, dung from our cattle oh, yeah. and they got covered for winter so they're kind of um, just hopefully working away, um, improving the soil under there at the moment and then on the very right hand side we've got uh, some um, perennial type stuff so we've got alstromida that are in there that did really well last year. I'm not really sure they're going to stay in here but they're they are still there for now and we have some uh, quite sad looking chrysanthemums which um, the jury's out on what we do with them at the moment because they are looking like they're coming back but I'm not sure if it's a good idea to have them in here or what we do with them so uh, we might move them. We'll see. I
0: suppose uh, it's maybe a little unfair because I'm speaking to you in February and it's probably not the best time of year to be speaking to a flower <laughs> to a flower farmer and asking her to describe what she sees. Yeah,
1: I know. I I mean it's it's probably it's probably a difficult one because it, it it's the time of year I have probably the most time to chat but um <laughs> yeah, it's it's not very it's not very easy on the eye this no, time of year. No.
0: <laughs> um, the other thing that's that's striking me from the conversation is and i think i think this is fabulous but um i'm curious of, about the, the detail of it you know you've you've talked about how you know you've been going for three years now and you can you've kind of learnt that the raised beds weren't ideal and you've tried other things and you're making your mind up about uh, the chrysanthemums and, and things like that but um I'm really kind of curious how you know have you learned all of this on the job you know it, it is a skill growing flowers as i've learned doesn't just happen you know it's a skill and there's lots of trial and error have you learned the whole thing on the job or have you been on any courses are you an avid reader you know how how have you kind of learned the trade As it works? i think
1: it's um i did i did some i did some courses in The Business of Selling Flowers. And it was basically an online course where um, it's actually three flower growers from across the UK who have been doing it for years and years and are really highly qualified. And they've got a tremendous course where prior to lockdown, maybe you could do some in-person visits, but now it's all Mm -hmm. online. And for me, that worked perfectly well. And it meant that from, I think it was from October, right with you to March, you basically did loads of reading and you had like a a... like tasks to do it was really good because you actually got you got made part of a social media group and then when you when the season started obviously all the online sort of commitments stopped because everyone was too busy but you then were made part of this group so even though you didn't ask any questions yourself almost every day there would be a question that someone would ask on that group that you were thinking about asking you just hadn't kind of got around to doing it so um it was fantastic uh, and I learned so much from them and um, other than that I have no other I don't have any growing qualification or anything like that I have um, you know I have a business degree that's about the only thing that might be useful <laughs> and actually it's a lot more useful yeah it's a lot more useful now than I must admit I thought it would be when I did it and <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure my parents would agree I think they I went off to university and they were thinking I don't know I don't know what she's going to do but <laughs> your path is set in life and you'll find it at some stage and I think this year's It all everything's sort of starting to fit into place now and um I look back on my university days and I think I'm so glad I did it and actually there's a lot of fun at the time and not an awful lot of at the time learning I don't (laughs) think but there is a lot of things I look back on now and if I hadn't have done that there would have been choices that I would have made now that would have been wrong because I wouldn't have had that insight so although everything changes and you know even the course that I did it'll be completely different now but um Doing the course with the flowers, it was excellent, and it just kind of, yeah, it it taught me so much. And then obviously the first year of growing taught me even more. And then you know you can read and read, but actually until you start doing it, it's really difficult. Particularly for me, I just I I I learn so much by doing. And um, once you've done it and you've seen it happen, and you know you read about some things, and I think, all oh, right, yeah, that's nice, okay. And then I might forget about it, and then it happens, and I'm like, oh. Now I see what they mean. So yeah, and it's great because you can dip back in you know every year we get an option to pay a like like it's kind of almost like a membership, but to go back into that group and it um is useful. It has been useful because you can still dip in and out of what what you've learned and and what other th- it's also useful for things that other people are finding difficult. if it's something if you're finding something is failing this year and it's really easy to just think it's all stuff that I've done wrong, but actually, sometimes there is a reason and everybody's finding the same thing in that year um you know something particular difficult to grow and something within the you know environment that's making it more difficult and it's good because you've kind of got that
0: as you've said the biggest learning it comes from trial and error doesn't it you know i know myself that you know yeah. uh, you learn things about the wind and how that's going to affect what you plant where yeah, and yeah. you learn things about timings and soil and um, when you and I were having a conversation actually the other day, weren't we, about dahlias and you know, do you dig them up or do you yeah. not dig them up? And different people can and can't. Yeah. Depends where in the country you are. And there's so many variables, and the, so you need to learn about your own farm and ha- how and what you can grow in that particular kind of microclimate, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, and one of the big things I've learned as well over the over the last couple of years, and it applies to farming as well, and um, maybe it makes me look on our farm a bit differently is that there's a lot of chat over whether or not if you have if you do wedding flowers and the bride and the bride's mother maybe want to come and see your flower patch Mm -hmm. and what are you going to do are you going to let them come because it's a bit of a mess and they might think it's you know (laughs) a bit of a riot and will it put them off buying your flowers because it's a riot (laughs) and it's a bit like you know when people come to your house and you're like oh now I'm going to have to tidy up (laughs) because we've got visitors coming and whether you need that that stress in your life but I think the thing is how you manage your time and tasks that you do that that are going to make you money. So weeding is the one big thing that you know everyone it has to be done because it impedes the growth of flowers some some of the time. I mean, I probably in the past I would have been someone who maybe obsessed over how tidy things were, but I'm <laughs> it's almost made me the complete opposite because if it doesn't if if that 20 minutes is not going to help make the money come in then Really, there's not enough lot of point in doing it. <laughs> so,
0: well, and that's that is a very good point because much as you love flowers, you know, you you're not just doing this for fun. This is a business, and and it's sinking yeah. in with the farm, it's sinking in with yeah, the, the assets and the opportunities you've got. And I love how you you were saying earlier that you know the dung from the cattle gets spread on the beds for the flowers, and it's all it all forms part of a virtuous circle. And and at the end of the day, you're producing. Scottish grown flowers and but it is a business so you've got to be conscious of of what's making you money I suppose
1: yeah and it's um yeah it's 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 so important because you can't carry on it's not sustainable to sell the flowers at a a rate where you're not making anything to to reinvest so I'm really lucky that we have cows on the farm because I don't use any flower food or anything like that
0: no that's fantastic
1: we get, um, I do get the soil, sam- soil samples done um, to test the beds to make sure um, they're all looking good. And that's always an interesting thing to do. Obviously, we try and improve every year, put improvers in. So, like, it does sound a bit sort of crazy, but you know, collecting up all the leaves that fall in the garden in the year and putting them mm. back on the beds over the winter. Um, it does all kind of make a difference. And it's that you're not using synthetic anything for, for yeah. feeding or, or helping them to grow. In the last couple of years actually it's been, compost has been quite a difficult thing to sort of get your head around because everyone's going peat free Yes, it's it's a difficult one because it's so frustrating because sometimes I've tried so many different composts over the last four years and last year was the most difficult year <laughs> because everyone's going peat free so even the stuff you get in uh, garden centres now, and it's, it's actually not very good and I feel like the mainstream haven't haven't absolutely nailed peat-free compost yet, so that's been a, a big learning curve. Cause I, you know, I totally understand the need for peat-free, but it's that whole thing that this the stuff we were able to get just wasn't doing what it needed to do. Uh, but yeah, good's good so far. But it's uh, it's interesting. It's just all these things that you never really thought about before you started commercially growing.
0: because i always digress some of it is essentially in your back garden which must be super handy for for keeping an eye on it the rest is is pretty close by Uh, you've mentioned that you do sunflowers and sunflower afternoon teas what other um flowers do you grow tell us a bit about the the different flowers and how and ultimately what's kind of important for for us to get across is how those flowers take part in all of the different um offerings that you have for, for people to to purchase from you
1: we've got um what we've we got five six seven beds of peonies which um three of the beds are only just kind of i i don't think i'll be able to take flowers from them this year but i've got two or three beds that are third year plants so they should i should be able to get flowers from them this summer which is really exciting because i haven't been able to sell peonies before they now, take about three um, years don't they that had right to, to, to mature yeah oh yeah. they're one of my favorite they do Here. yeah to be able mm. to cut from them. Yeah, no, me too. So I'm excited about them. I'm excited about what colour they're going to be because I don't really know. Um, you know, you, you put in these, put in these tubers, and you're not really sure what'll come from them. So that's exciting from this year. For this year, and um, and they they'll be a highlight. I think of our postal subscription flowers, um, or postal flowers in total. So yeah, that's exciting. Then the first flowers that will come this year will be tulips. But I've planted. Oh, I'm not sure how many tulips we planted this year. Maybe half of what we did last year. Mostly because they're uh, they're lovely. I love them, but they are quite expensive to grow in comparison to all other flowers. So um, I love them because they're a, a bit of the start to the season. But I am trying to contain not yeah. going crazy with them because otherwise yeah. I'll make no money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you kind of need to sell. You know, like it's the it's so difficult to tell. If you just could see into the future, it would be. I would yeah, we would commit to planting more of them. But way back way back when I first started this, we'd kinda of thought we might have put them over to do pick your own tulips alongside the sunflowers oh, okay, so we would have yeah. a rotation over at the steading. So we would go from tulips in spring to um, summer with sunflowers and then autumn uh, pumpkins. But you know this, it just um, it wasn't gonna work because the financial no. just doesn't stack up for us to do that here. Um so uh, yeah, it's fine. We've got them in the garden. Hopefully, last year, I had the issue of pretty much every single tulip Come blooming on. at the same time, which was a nightmare. And um, and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> stop the bus. <laughs> Look at the tulips. And I was like, you know, it was lovely to see them, but uh, I was like, oh, I'm all so disappointed because... They become unsaleable once they get to one you know and it wasn't out every single one but they were they were there anyway so so that was the tulips last year so i was trying to contain myself this year um not putting too many in and hopefully we'll have it yes. the right number um and then we've got what else have we got we've got sweet william which have self-seeded from last year which is quite exciting because this is the first year i've been able to take anything like anything that doesn't just go straight back into the ground uh, over yes. so through yeah. the winter um they're not looking amazing but I guess no. nothing really looks amazing in February so and then we've got uh, verbena which has been really good over the years we probably have too much of that actually but I'm really I, I think I've become a bit of a <laughs> garden hoarder so so I just um, yeah I, I, I'm like I should probably take some of that out and I don't know maybe give it away but but then I'm yeah
0: I know. I submit, I'll yeah, just it's like you, do, you
1: just need it You just never know. Yeah, Yeah, I might need that one day. Um, So yeah, we've got them. And then other spring things that'll come up will be the Alliums. I planted loads of them in the first year. So they'll just, they just kind of work away themselves. And then last year we spent some time putting roses and Alstramira Mm -hmm. down the bottom of the garden, which is kind of against a wall. So what have I got in the greenhouse? I'm just going round to the greenhouse now. Um, I don't have loads in here at the moment, but I had a bit of a a worry this morning. This is us only into g- number, week number two of sowing, and um, we had a, quite a hard frost last night, and when I looked out this morning, I had moved yesterday some trays of seeds out mm-hmm. of the greenhouse, and in, uh, out of the propagator, which is in the polytunnel, and into the greenhouse, and I thought that'd be fine. I've got a sort of fan thing in here that sits on a sort of frost setting mm-hmm. that I only just turned on, um, because I'd moved these in, and then... I looked out this morning and I was like, "Oh no!" The side, the top half of the greenhouse was all frozen, and the bottom half where I left the fan on the floor, so the bottom, like, kind of waist, to waist <laughs> down, was all clear, <laughs> and the top half was all frosty. But as it turned out, I don't know. I mean, they look okay, and the inside, the inside wasn't cold oh, when I opened good. the door. Uh, good. So they might. Right. It was I don't know. Um, it might have done its job. I hope so. Um, so we've got some stocks in here, which is really exciting because I love, I absolutely love them. They are another kind of first of the year annual. Which one was that? um, Did you say frilly? Oh, stocks. So like they're they're um, they're kind of I suppose they're kind of like a -er frillier version of an anthurium. You will you would recognise them because they are very popular. They're very popular in the supermarkets as kind of like a single variety um, flower Uh, at the start of probably June. They'll come end of May, start of June. So we've got stocked and mm. did some poppies um, last week. We, we did some sweet peas just for a bit of um, bee bee attraction. I don't tend I can't sell sweet peas no. in my postal flowers. Um, so I decided to rein it in with sweet peas this year. Um, I rained it in last year, but we still managed to have quite a few of them. So it's not, they're nice to have and they're they are sort of a nice pollinator.
0: When it comes to, to actually buying the flowers, how, how does it work? I know you do sell wholesale um, for weddings and to florists, but you also, members of the public can buy from you direct as well. So tell us a little bit about how, how all that works, because people who are listening to this on the day or soon after it is uh, broadcast um, will know that Mother's Day is is looming, um, and so they may wish to know more about how they can buy some amazing Scottish flowers from you. Yeah, So,
1: well basically we we currently have a website that's, it's not an ideal website, we're we're kind of in the process of developing another one, but for the meantime, uh, we have a website, it it is a website for the farm, and then within that website there is parts for the pumpkins and for the wild acres, so I think if you search Coramone Farm, C-O-R-R-I-M-O-N-Y, and then farm so that's quarter money farm and um and on there you can buy you could buy a one-off bunch of flowers um or you can buy a subscription which is the regular delivery you can either uh, opt to have fortnightly delivery or monthly delivery for mm-hmm. three or six months and usually so you can choose when your subscription starts the so in terms of delivery this year we're really trying to uh, kind of Tailor and tweak the postal service. So we haven't really fully operated the postal service as such before. We've had a few um trials and customers that that had um bought them and, and we fulfilled that. But um, up until now we've not done large bulk um delivery of postal flowers, but we have done local delivery. So um local mm-hmm. delivery is basically just I we fill the van and then I go out and deliver it and and that's actually a really, really lovely job. Um, oh I bet yeah you're delivering but, uh, joy uh, to
0: people's doorsteps. Yes. That's so
1: nice. <laughs> I know it's really nice. And um you know it's lovely. It's a really nice job to have and especially here and uh, um because most of the deliveries are actually rural because I guess people mm. can't get that anywhere else and therefore it's actually beautiful. You get I get I get to go to some of the most amazing locations. Um you know and it is I, I thought was quite exciting because I think, oh, somebody will say, oh I want to order flowers for this friend, but I'm not entirely sure what address is. But then they'll send me, like, a pin on a Google map, and they're like, oh, I'm not sure how you actually get into her house because there's all these drives, but... And, yeah, so it's sent on a wild goose chase. But I I do quite enjoy that sort of thing. Oh, Um, yes, yeah. But, but yeah, the postal postal service is where we want to to channel our... um, Focus our mind this year because it's the... What we want to be able to do is we want to be able to get the production up a little, the orders up, so that we can... Really make it a viable prospect to continue doing yeah, it and be able yeah. to supply across the UK. Really, there's large companies that are doing it sustainably in inverted commas, and actually, um, I don't know if you can truly, truly trust that um, they know who and what who's growing the flowers and what is being put on the flowers. Yeah, I said earlier we don't we don't feed our flowers anything. I don't spray them with anything. The reason that the imported flowers last long is because they've been treated, right, with some yes, sort of chemicals. Yes, and those yeah. are not chemicals you really want to be working with if you can help it. And I think it takes it totally takes all of the natural goodness away from the fact it's a grown natural thing to then go and yes. spray it with flows of chemicals oh i know um, i know i know so so yeah so ours aren't and i think it's a unique selling point i think it's um we're small we're scottish we're local employment yes. and yes um, you know my dream would be to you know grow and grow where we can you know generate more employment in our area and and particularly you know our local schools that real in real declining numbers you know i um, our children actually might be some of the last to be able to go there and that would be so sad you know and I think it's it's trying to keep people in the area these rural areas and good jobs is what keeps people in an area you know um, and I think if we could grow keep growing the business to um, as well you know it's one of the aims of the business is to provide good jobs and it's not it's not just providing jobs but providing good jobs and jobs that will last you know it's not about just employing someone for the short term and getting us through a busy period or whatever it's about making the business sustainable so that we all can have a good life from this business and um, and that's really important to us.
0: So there you have it a brilliant idea for Mother's Day so if you've got a mum or a wife or any other lady in your life who needs a bit of a treat then uh, pop onto Barbara's website and uh, and subscribe to her amazing um, Scottish grown flowers that's pretty much it for this week but before I go I obviously want to thank our sponsor for this episode so that's um, Scottish legal firm Gillespie McAndrew who as you will have noticed are long-term sponsors and supporters of the podcast so as ever we are extremely grateful to them either Monty or myself will be back again next week and we'll look forward to it